from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. On this Red Table Talk, the respected evangelical pastor who finally decided to live her truth. Pastor Paul is now Paula. As Paul, you were married, and I'm assuming that you loved your wife. It's still hard. And what her family thinks now. Okay, my dad's gone. Yeah. Like, this is it. There'll always be that pain. I'm very excited about our show today. Yeah, it's going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. The Red Table will probably spark some controversy Mm -hmm. today. When does it not? Um, when does it not? <laughs> but I really want to ask our RTT family to keep an open mind because that's what we do here. Yes. I am really fascinated and intrigued by the story of our guest that's coming today. For more than 40 years, Pastor Paul Williams traveled from state to state preaching the gospel. Courage is stepping forward even though you're absolutely filled with fear. Paul was happily married and a devoted father to his three children but he spent a majority of his life hiding his truth. I knew that I was a girl when I was about three or four years of age. I fought it for decades. 
I had spent my life wanting to be a loving husband, a loving father, and for a long time I thought that I would make it through my life without transitioning. But after a lifetime as a man, Paul made the agonizing decision to transition into a woman. I realized I no longer had a choice. I felt like I was dying inside. It was a feeling of desperation and deep sadness because I knew what it would do to my family. I learned about my dad becoming transgender in one day. My dad just said, I'm transgender, and started hysterically crying. I felt uh, sad. I had to grieve all of what was. We were always that family that everything went wonderfully. But I felt like I was breaking the family apart, and I didn't know if we would survive. Transitioning is not an easy process, and though it was painful, it was wonderful, and was the hardest decision I've ever made in my life. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> wanted to ask you if you could describe to us a bit what your life was like for you as Paul, knowing inside that you were someone else. It was tough. Yeah. I mean, I knew from the time I was three or four I was transgender. Oh, yeah. So it's like, well, the gender fairy will arrive and I will get to choose what I am, a girl. And of course, that didn't happen. Yeah. Right. And I, I didn't hate being a boy. I just knew I wasn't one. Right. But the longer life went, the more it's like, I don't want to do this to my family. Yeah. But... It was a call, right. and I just sobbed. I screamed, God, who the do you think you are to yeah. call me to this? I'm going to lose everything. My family's going to suffer. Yeah. But I knew I'd been called, and you reject a call at your own peril. Yes, that's real talk. I consider myself a strong person, but I would think about myself in your shoes, and I, I was like, yeah. would I have made that choice? choice? And I said to myself, there had to be such a strong calling. I, I wouldn't have done it. Oh. Because there's so much judgment in the world, mm -hmm. and you're risking everything, your right. family. It was really tough. As Paul, you were married. <laughs> and I'm assuming that you loved your wife because it was my understanding, yeah, that even in your transition, you were hoping to keep that union intact. When you decided to transition, was she the first person that you told? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's been um, the hardest part. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine. So whose decision was it to actually just... That was her. It was her decision. Yeah, I would like to have remained married. I mean, we had the world's best marriage therapist, and he said, what makes this so tragic is you're a lesbian and she's not. Right. And so that's kind of it. Yeah. That, I think, was my realization, that it wasn't fair to her, that yeah. she needs to be true to herself exactly. as well. Exactly. And she's not attracted to women. And so that was her decision. It was difficult for me. Yeah. And this, for her, has been devastating. Yeah. 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 Before Pastor Paul transitioned to Paula, he had a traditional life as a husband and a father of three. I remember my dad telling us I um, am transgender and describing what that is. It was just like, wow. In that moment, the world felt like it had flipped over. 
nothing will ever be the same. I feel like there was no words at first. I, I know I immediately got up and hugged him. I was just scared to death. And then my parents just told us, are you ready to meet Paula? And they opened the door and Paula was standing there like very timid. Like, when are you ever ready to see your father dressed up as a woman and with makeup? And my dad's boobs are bigger than mine, you know? She was like showing us all of her clothes and her closet and just being a girl. I was truly excited for her because I could just see like she was glowing. There was no chance that I could deny that this isn't who she is, but she's not my dad. So that really like, that was hard. I feel like it was immediate worry for what life will be like for my father. This is how I remember our childhood, always happy, always fooling around. The quintessential like family. How could I not know? Like, how could we have not known? And although it wasn't a betrayal, it felt like one. It's like, if you knew this all this time, like, how could you not have told us? I felt like I had been lied to. I was daddy's little girl. Now you're not daddy. Now my dad's gone. So, okay. Like, I just miss my dad. Yeah. It's still hard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they lost their dad. Yeah. Yeah. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening.
Wow. So we have two of your children here today. We have Jaina and Jonathan, also a pastor. Welcome. So did it feel like you didn't have an opportunity to say goodbye to your father yeah. or? But it isn't a feeling of who is this stranger? It's like this person knows me so well. Yeah. This is a parent. It's not my mom. Right. It's not my dad. Yeah. I think that was the struggle. Like, where do you put this? What do I do with this? How do you, know? you relate? Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, so who is she to me now, you know? Right, right. My immediate thought was like, oh, thank God, like, she looks good. Because I was real afraid. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I, like, did a whole thing. I'm like, all right, makeup's good, jewelry's good. Like, okay, this is good. She looks great. But in that moment, I was like, okay, my dad's gone. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is it. Right. I think for me, it was more of a process of relearning to have a relationship with my dad. Yeah. It was more of that. You know, I didn't see this coming at all. Yeah. I had no idea. And now you're telling me you're transitioning to become a woman. And I'm like, okay, is, was my whole life a lie? Was, right. I, was I playing yeah. catch in the front yard with, you know, a, a woman dressed in drag? Right. You know, that's, that's what I start to wonder. Right, 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 right. You know, my dad was my God. And so it was like, okay, my God is gone. Right. What I knew as my hero is gone. And so there's a lot of anger around losing that, yeah. um, that North Star. You know, the father-son relationship is real. Yeah. yeah. And, and we had a, a, an incredible one. Yeah, because you actually followed in his footsteps. footsteps. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I feel like as a child, you have, like, this, like, so ingrained of, like, mom and dad and, mm -hmm. like, their roles. For that to just be, like, completely switched up... I honestly couldn't imagine how that affects you, right. your mentality, you know, how that affects, you know, even how you thought about past experiences that you had. As a child, I think you need that foundation. Mm -hmm. yeah. And selfishly, I am thankful that we had that. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, we had a very normal right. upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. But you sort of know it's never really going to be okay again. Like, your mm -hmm. family is never mm -hmm. really going to be what it was. And that's okay. Yeah. Because she is who she is, and that is... 100% worth it. But there'll always be that pain. Yeah. Yeah. It must be like a death. a death. It's confusing, though. You feel like there's a death, but it's hard to grieve in that situation. And we had nobody to, to talk to about talk it. To anybody. And so when the whole Bruce Jenner story came out, everyone started calling, oh, that's what your dad, like, yeah. Oh. Right. When you first transition, every time we went somewhere, she was just so nervous and yeah. she was so reserved and shy. And yeah. to see my dad, who I had known to be this powerful right. male that was kind of like leading the pack and all of a sudden the roles were reversed. Wow. Mm -hmm. There was a few months that I had to be like Paula one day and Paula the next. Yeah. It oh. was... It was so difficult. And at that point, I was also, I'd been on estrogen for quite some time. And I remember the last time I had to go out as a male, my spouse was just laughing and saying, oh, you really look like, I don't, something in between. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stop this stuff soon. Right. You would visit me as a male still. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was in denial. It was really hard for me. Got and it. so I remember the last time you visited me as Paul, I looked at you and I was like, this is... This is not my father it anymore. Doesn't feel yeah. It doesn't feel like my dad anymore. It doesn't look like my dad anymore. Yeah. She doesn't look like my dad. And yeah, I just started crying. Yeah. I just started crying, and, and Paul at the time said, why? And I said, because you're not, you're not my dad any longer. So yeah, that was, hard that was a tough day. That was yeah. a tough day, yeah. Paula, did you understand the extent of how your daughters and, and your son missed Paul, their father? 
No, because I think in the first year, you're just so happy to be in the right body. Mm-hmm. You're so self-absorbed. Mm. And, you know, maybe they should just lock us in a room for that first year. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, not right. until we're ready to come back into a real world <laughs> and realize the way we've exploded the family narrative. Yeah. None of us know what to do with Paul. Don't, I don't yeah, know what right. to do with Paul. Yeah. You know, I don't have pictures of Paul around the house. Yeah. Exactly. And I speak of myself in the third person. Yeah. I don't know how you integrate. We didn't memorialize Paul. Yeah. We, nobody, nobody said goodbye to Paul. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's really fascinating also is the fact that you were part of an evangelical community right. for such a long time. Yeah. In churches across America, conservative leaders, just like Pastor Paul once was, have different views about being transgender. I see a man dressed up as a woman who has mutilated his body and saying, hey, look at me, everybody. Every church has a different opinion on the issue, and LGBTs of all types and sorts have to find a household of worship that reflects what your views are and what you believe like anybody else. Transgenderism is not a civil right. Just because I have morals and values, that does not make me a discriminatory bigot. Wow. Where no enemy exists, we create one. Yeah. And you see that in the religious world, creating enemies that don't exist. Exactly. And that's what they've done with the LGBTQ community. Absolutely. Did you believe that you would be risking your relationship with your community? I didn't know how bad it was going going to be. be. I thought, well, okay, I'll probably have to leave my jobs at some point in time. And so I wanted to tell the organizations I was a part of. And one I'd been with for 35 years. Wow. And I was gone from all of my jobs within seven days. Wow. I lost the church. Most of my friends. Yeah. I lost my pension. I lost everything. Wow. The next few months were hard to even survive. Yeah. In 21 states, you can't be fired for being transgender, but in all 50, you can be fired if you're transgender, and you work for a religious corporation. Right. These are good things to know. Right, right. Yeah. For me, the hard part was the same organization that Paul worked for, that's the organization that hired me to start this church. Right. So when she told me about her transition, I'm like, well, I just got a bunch of money from these churches, and if they find out, not only will you get fired, but there's a chance that I'm going to have to say, um, well, I support my dad, in which case I'm going to get fired. Right. So three months into this church plant that I just started, uh, and I can't tell anybody for fear of both of our livelihoods, both Mm -hmm. of our jobs. Wow. I cried upstairs every Sunday, and I would come down 10 minutes before our services started, and i put on a happy face, and I'd smile, and I'd preach, and all that, but I was resentful. I was resentful that I had to do that. Absolutely, Um, So there was some anger there. I was quietly affirming of the LGBTQ community. Right. um, But, you know, I'm a white male, and it doesn't have to affect me if I don't want it to affect me. And all of a sudden, it affects me. And so I'm going, okay, well, what do I do? Do I continue just to hold privilege and power and not do anything about this? Or do I support my, my dad and, you know, thousands like her who are literally life and death, you know? People are being told that they're not loved. So what decision did you make? I cannot, in good conscience, be a church that does not, you know, outwardly yeah. include, support, and affirm wow. the LGBTQIA community. Yeah. And so, yeah, we lost, lost thousands of dollars and a lot of people walked out our doors and it was the best decision we ever made. <laughs> Estrangement wasn't an option. Right. Right? You don't leave somebody. That's beautiful. Wow. 
I don't feel like there's a lot of religious spaces that offer like a true, true community to transgender people, mm -hmm. people who don't really fit in to the religious status quo, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, you still have churches that don't allow women in the pulpit. Yeah, yeah. which, yeah. Well, in 28 states, the major religious teaching is actually a teaching that says men should be in charge of women at home, at church, and by extrapolation in every other part of our environment. Yeah. That's still the major teaching in 28 states of the United States. That's frightening. I also feel as though people fear that which they don't understand. Absolutely. Exactly. Which is one of the reasons why I keep wanting to have these conversations, have exactly. more intimate understanding about it, because if you don't understand it, all you have is your fear. Right. Do you think that working with that organization for so long kept you from fully transitioning beforehand? Yeah. I mean, it was a way to not have to deal with what I mm -hmm. needed to deal with. Yeah. It was a way to stay in a safe space and, frankly, a way to kind of keep my power. Yeah. My male privilege, which is painful to admit. But yeah, that makes sense. That, but that's real talk. Well, it is. And to have that <laughs> yes. self-awareness. Me, I feel like if I was a man, I would be like, wow, I have so much privilege as a man. I don't know if I want to mess that up. Like, well, that's what like, you, that's, that's what the like, point. <laughs> that's what she was saying. It's so much religion, yeah. politics. Right. Everything, yes. everything is set everything. up for the patriarchy. So it's right. like everything. white patriarchy for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think as a male, I was just pretty sure I was, I was the stuff. Yeah. I understand there's still so much privilege you carry with me. Right. I think that is a strength that I had that the world had been very good to me. Everything I ever touched turned to gold. And so it was actually, I think, easier for me to make that decision, certainly than a person of color, yeah. or than someone who's not had the kind of education or white male privilege or success that I had. Right. For That's me, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge point. That's a huge yeah. point, because us sitting here as African-American women, women, we're like, <laughs> right, 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 right. That's real talk. That, yeah. I mean, that's one of the most at risk groups in the United States right. is uh, trans women of yeah. color. I am very impressed with your awareness of understanding your privilege as a white male, right? Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of things you discover when you transition. One, if you speak up, well, you speak up too strong. Well, now you're, you're just too strong. Right. And you're that word. And if you don't speak up strongly enough, well, now you're too acquiescent. Yeah. And if you do speak up, you're just going to be interrupted. Exactly. We tell our girls, don't speak until you know you're absolutely perfect, until you have your ducks in a row, because you're going to be yeah. interrupted in any way. Honestly, like, I even see that in myself. If there's, like, a lot of men in the room, I have to get myself in a specific state where mm -hmm. it's like, no, like, I cannot be refuted. It's so true. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think what's really fascinating was you also acknowledging the fact, well, if this is happening to me as a white woman, I can only imagine what's happening to right. my sisters that mm -hmm. are of color, my Latin sisters, right. my black sisters. Or my own daughter. Right, yeah. yes. I mean, three of my five granddaughters are children of color. Right. That's right. Wow. That is true. So you adopted your daughter. How old was she when you adopted her? She was two her? months of age when we got her from Calcutta. Wow. I don't think we had nearly any idea of the difficulties that it was going to be for her to grow up as a child of color in a very white family, yeah. in a very white neighborhood. Yeah. And we were not aware of that. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What made you aware of it? Shortly after I transitioned and just started watching my power disappear, she's like, so, what do you think? Right. Said, so do you have any idea now of, you know, and it's like. Right. She was the most accepting of you from the get-go. From the start. From the start. Because she's yes. been she's on the been outside. There. It was she immediate. Has. She has, and it was immediate. Yeah. And it's so beautiful to know both sides, you yeah. know, to have that power and then to have that shift and how that affects how you thought about past experiences that you had. I think that's a really beautiful thing because not a lot of people get to see both. Both sides. Yeah. Right. I always say that the highest challenges us in ways to um, make our hearts more elastic. That's it. I like that. I yeah. Like that. Oh, yeah. How did your children deal with Paula? So we sat them down and we said, hey, Grandpa has always felt like a girl on the inside. And so now Grandpa is going to look like a girl, to dress like a girl. And my older daughter, who was six at the time, she said, so basically, Grandpa's just going to match how he feels on the inside with the outside. Aww. And I said, yeah. And she goes, Okay. And it was that simple. Aww. When she finally met them, though, yeah. you know, Grandpa comes in the room, and my girls are coloring at the table, and they're both quiet. And, you know, my wife and I were going, say hi, say hi to Grandpa. And they're quiet. And then my five-year-old, she looks up. She goes, so, Grandpa, you still have a penis? Oh. <laughs> and, you know, Lord. that broke the tension, right? right? So now we're all laughing. We're like, oh, this is great. Out of the mouth of babes. Out of the mouth of babes, I'm exactly. telling you. <laughs> At that moment, you know, they came up with the name Grandpaula. We're going to call her Grandpaula. Wow. Yeah. Have you guys figured yeah, what to call Paula? 
I said, you know, I have a mom. And, and mom played the mom role in my life. And Paula said, well, I've always felt like your dad. That's always been real. So, so you can call me dad. I mean, that's never not going to be true. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. change. It yeah. doesn't change. But um, there'll be times in public where I'll be like, dad, 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 when my child is doing something and people will look around like, like what? Who? Who's the dad? Who's the dad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And for you? It's not, it's not the same. Yeah, I immediately didn't call you dad anymore. Right. Because it's, to me, it's two separate people. Yeah. You know, even though dad's not gone, dad's gone. And this is Paula. I feel like this is happening so much more that I feel like we need to come up with some vocabulary. That, I love that you said that. Or even like, like we need transitioning rituals or something. Yeah, we need to come up with, let's make this a thing, you know? I think that could be huge. Yeah. That would be super helpful. You know? What I realize is that it takes a new skill Mm -hmm. in order to figure out how to gracefully transition yeah. a, a family and community. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, we're going to bring the fishbowl out. Yes. Fishbowl. Oh, fish you want to go first? Paula? Paula, do you have any regrets? Oh, I, I have tons of regrets. I have no regrets about transitioning. Got it. <laughs> Paula, have you ever had gender reassignment surgery? To me, there is one question that should not be asked. Mm-hmm. That's just inappropriate to ask because I would not walk up to somebody and say, can you please tell me about your sex life Mm -hmm. or, you know what I mean? I don't care. I want my dad happy and healthy. That's what I want. There's a socioeconomic issue as well. You know, I was a very successful white male. I can have whatever surgeries I want to have. But what about all those who cannot? Right. So, yeah, that's that's a question we generally don't answer. Good. Gotcha. I'll, I'll pick one this time. Okay. Oh, okay. Charmaine <laughs> from Chicago, Illinois is oh asking, <laughs> Paula, did you have to learn to become feminine? It yeah. shocked even me how easy and natural it was because I was a guy's guy. Nobody would have had a clue. Right. And it was so easy. easy. I don't have any explanation. <laughs> it just came. It just came. And that's not always true for transgender women. Wow. A lot of them really have to work hard. But in my case, uh, I didn't. Wow. <laughs> like, that's just great. So Angela's on staff at Jonathan's church, and she is joining the Red Table from New York. Hey. All right. Hey, everybody. So, Angela, I know you had some strong beliefs about transgender and gay people at a point of time. What were those views that you had? Well, growing up in the Baptist church, we had been taught that being gay was an abomination. Uh, if you were gay, transgender, like everybody that didn't fit this certain box was going to go to hell. Then I grew up and moved to New York, and I started to go to forefront. And then Jonathan would start preaching about becoming more inclusive. Right. Right? And sometimes he would say things, you know, and I'd be like, oh, Lord. (laughs) Because I didn't know if lightning was going to strike me, what was going to happen, you know. It uh, It was very uncomfortable. And when I heard Paula's story about her knowing at four years old that she didn't really fit in the body that she was in. How is it that if God made this person, how is it as a child they have these thoughts and feelings That's right. if it's not from God? Right. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. And then I had to reevaluate 
all these times that people would say, it's in the word, it's in the word. And there are so many things in the word that would exclude so many of us. It made me question. Well, you know what, Miss Angela? You gave a word. You gave a word. (laughs) Thank you. But it took me a minute to get there, right? (laughs) Hey, look. It takes us all a while to get there. (laughs) Thank you for being willing to listen. Kudos to you for that. I think that it's a beautiful thing and that people are going to have hope that didn't have it before. So thank you. Thank you, Angela. See you when I get home. See you Sunday. (laughs) Well, we really appreciate you guys for coming as well. Kudos for just doing the work as a family to embrace this and get yeah, to the get to that place saying that yeah, yeah. That, honestly yeah. thanks thank, thank you guys, guys. thanks for having us yeah. 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 on the next red piano <laughs> my friend and sister alicia keys what's the biggest misconception that you think people have about you probably that i'm very happy mm. or that i'm very strong wow really i don't even know how to get mad Ooh, that's deep. RTT is on fire. This girl is on fire. This girl is on fire. An RTT special episode. Hey, RTT family. Join our Red Table Talk group on Facebook to become part of the conversation. Be sure to follow the show page to catch up on all our episodes. Hey, everybody. Join us for a very special Red Table Talk as we talk to Paula. Paula's transition and her family's redemption. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, Paula. I was like, yeah, that was great. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you so much. To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 
24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.